Hey, this is Adam Thielen. The sports leader in the Lakes area is KDLM Detroit Lakes. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Happy Tuesday, everybody! It's a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Ninety-nine cent tacos at Taco John's all day today, and plenty to get to in terms of Minnesota sports action last night. Double header for the Twins. Game one was good. Game two was not. We'll talk about the Twins and White Sox yesterday. Both those teams meet again tonight. We've got uh, a story of, and then there were none when it comes to former Timberwolves competing with Team USA in the Olympics. And speaking of the Olympics, it's official. Just gave give Gable Stevenson the gold medal for wrestling right now because he is jacked thanks to a very special uh, uh, video that he got from a former... WWE superstar. Second half of the wrap, here's what's coming up. Sam Ekstrom, first-time guest of the show from Purple Insider, is going to join us this morning. We'll talk about the Michael Pierce injury and what that means for the defensive line for the Vikings. Also talk about some defensive battles, uh, most notably that interior defensive line with Michael Pierce out for a undisclosed amount of time. If, if Sam calls Michael Pierce's injury a tweak, I'm going to go home for the day because that's the same thing that Daniil Hunter had last year that required off-season next surgery or in-season next surgery, and he missed the entire year. Uh, also, want to know about the defensive end position across from Daniil Hunter, and maybe some uh, some offensive line, wide receiver three, kicker. A, a lot of question marks with this Vikings team that's supposed to challenge Green Bay for NFC North supremacy. We'll talk to Sam Extra and Purple Insider second half of the wrap here on KDL. But first, let's talk about them Twins yesterday. Rewind time. <laughs> Turn to the lineup for Mitch. You know, when you do miss time, especially with an injury that can give you some concern, I mean, that has to do wonders for his uh, his confidence, for just getting back into the swing of things. I mean, this is it's the big leagues. It's not that easy to go out there and do what he did cold, you know, off of a few at-bats that he got on a rehab assignment. Uh, he came in. He looked great. The at-bats as a whole, you know, not just the fact that he hit two balls really good. I mean, the at-bats as a whole that he gave us uh, today were were very good. He caught uh, he caught very well. Uh, he looked comfortable. So. Yeah, two two balls hit very hard. Two home runs for Mitch Garver in his return to the lineup. Both of those home runs in Game 2, which is the one that the Twins lost. To recap yesterday's action, here's towards the Twins, Corey Provis. 
Twins and the White Sox with a doubleheader in Chicago. Twins won an exciting game, 1-3-2 with the final score. Nelson Cruz, homer, drove in two and looking to sweep a doubleheader in Chicago for the first time since August of 2013. And the right guy on the mound, Jose Barrios, has terrific numbers lifetime against Chicago. And Reynaldo Lopez making just his first start this season, second appearance, a guy the Twins have owned over the years opposing for Chicago. Twins led early one to nothing, but the White Sox answered back. Jose Abreu homered off Barrios, and it was a 1-1 game. But the Twins got that lead back. Mitch Garver back in the lineup for the first time since June 1st. Homered his first at bat in the second inning, and the Twins led 2-1. Garver's next at bat. Fifth inning, guess what? Homered again. So Garver took three swings. His first two at bats, he homered twice. His seventh career multi-homer game, now 10 overall this season, and the Twins led 3-1. to one. Meanwhile, Barrios was pitching great. He struck out eight batters as he worked his way through the White Sox lineup. He would give up a second run, a Yohan Moncada home run in the sixth inning. So it was a 3-2 game heading to the last inning in the seventh. Twins went down 1-2-3 against Aaron Bummer, and then Barrios came back out looking to finish off the White Sox and finish his start, but he immediately troubled. He hung an 0-2 curveball to Brian Goodwin, who singled to right. Then hit Andrew Vaughn with a pitch on the arm. The White Sox had two on, nobody out. A wild pitch moved the runners up. And then he was facing the rookie, Gavin Sheets, with the Twins still up by one run. And the pitch is swinging a drive into right field and deep. Back it goes. White Sox win the game on a Gavin Sheets three-run walk-off home run. Uh, that really turned quickly. A one-run lead gone. It turns out to be a two-run loss in a span of three batters. And Gavin Sheets, the rookie, has been impressive. Now five home runs, a walk-off shot to right, and the White Sox come back and stun the Twins 5-3 and split the doubleheader. With that, the Twins are now 40-54. and The White Sox are back to 20 over at 57-37. and Again, Brios was pitching really well. You can't fault Rocco's decision. Get him back out there. These seven-inning games, pitch count was fine and just had a disastrous last inning, and it cost himself the win and the Twins a chance to sweep the doubleheader with the White Sox winning 5-3 on the walk-off homer from Gavin Sheets. So they'll try again, game three at 7-10 on Tuesday night with Bailey Ober facing Dallas Keuchel. But the final from Monday, game one, Twins won 3-2. They lose the nightcap 5-3. Corey Provis on your home for Twins Baseball. Pre-game show for Twins Baseball, 6.30 tonight. Like Corey Provis said, Bailey Ober on the mound for the Twins facing Dallas Keuchel. First pitches at 7.10 from Chicago on KDLM. And then there were zero former Minnesota Timberwolves on Team USA for the Olympics. Uh, or there's, there's zero for now. So here's the situation going on with, with Zach Levine and U.S. men's basketball. Uh, Going to be a little shorthanded to start things off. Only eight players making the trip to Tokyo. And Zach Levine, a former first-round pick by the Timberwolves, was not one of them. He was left home. He's been placed in USA Basketball's health and safety protocols. USA Basketball said in a statement that it's out of an abundance of caution that Levine didn't travel with the team to Tokyo yesterday. But their hope is he can rejoin the team Later this week, Levine had 13 points in Sunday's exhibition win against Spain. And like I mentioned, Team USA, a little shorthanded to start things off. Only eight players making the trip on Monday because three guys still playing in the NBA Finals. Game six tonight. So Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, uh, they'll be fresh. 
when they get to Tokyo, uh, when this uh, NBA Finals is done, either tonight with a with a Bucks win or Game Seven will be on Thursday. They can fly to Tokyo in maybe in time for the opening ceremonies on on Friday. There were two former Timberwolves on the roster. Kevin Love was also there. He withdrew because of a calf injury. And if you watched any of those exhibition games, he did not look did not look great. He was replaced by JaVale McGee. Also, Bradley Beal was lost to COVID health and safety protocols as well. He was replaced by San Antonio's Keldon Johnson, which has drawn a lot of question marks. I know Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs is coach of Team USA. And Keldon Johnson is a Greg Popovich guy. And there's 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 been a lot of questions about, you know, should Team USA, should the Americans be sending the absolute best of the best? Or do we just send guys over there to put a team together? Because if you look at the Team USA roster for men's basketball, I got it pulled up here. Bam Adebayo, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Keldon Johnson, Damon Lillard, JaVale McGee, Jason Tatum. Those are eight guys over there right now. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker still played in the NBA Finals. Is that really the, the, the best that Team USA has? I know a lot of guys did not want to play in the Olympics just due because of the of the of last year's bubble and then the short off season and then a, a full season this year and then another another quick turnaround coming to get the NBA calendar back on track so I know guys like LeBron James who was hurt and Anthony Davis who was hurt and Jamal Murray who was hurt and Steph Curry who wanted a break and Clay Thompson who's coming off the Achilles injury yeah it's it going through the list I think everybody's hurt and banged up and nobody wanted to do this it's kind of is kind of the deal because I, I remember Steph Curry said no LeBron James said no and so maybe this maybe this is the best team that that Greg Popovich and his staff was able to put together. You still got Kevin Durant, you still got Devin Booker. Those are kind of your and Dame Lillard. Those are your that's your big three. Is Dame Booker and Durant good enough to win a gold medal for Team USA? We'll find out. Opening ceremonies for the Tokyo Olympics this Friday. Just give the Olympic gold medal for heavyweight wrestling to Gable Stevenson right now. Let's just save everybody the time. Because Gable is pumped getting a good luck message from WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair yesterday. This is what uh, this is what Rick had to say to Gable. Gable, God dang it, kick some ass, man. You're coming back with a gold medal. You're coming to the WWE. Woo, look at as old as you can look. Next time I see you, it'll be limousine riding and jet flying, Gable Stevenson. Woo, the Olympic gold medals, heavyweight champion of the world. Bring him, my friend. We'll all be watching. Knock him dead. My best to you and your Olympic teammates. Go, USA. Woo, go, Gable Stevenson, my man. Remember, Gable, to be the man. Woo, you got to beat the man. Right now, you are the man. Woo. Flair, the latest WWE connection that Stevenson has had since winning the NCAA Heavyweight Championship back in March. Uh, Stevenson was 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 all over WrestleMania weekend. Has been considering a career with the company after the Olympics, uh, saying on Twitter that he's going to announce his decision whether to return to the UFM for his senior season 
or whether he's going to go to the WWE. He's mentioned many times that being a, a WWE superstar has been a lifelong dream. Uh, but right now, his attention is set on Tokyo and bringing home the heavyweight division championship and being the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Second half of the sports wrap, here's what's coming up. We're going to be joined by Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider and purpleinsider.com. Number of things to talk about with Sam concerning the Minnesota Vikings today. Number one priority is to find out what's wrong with Michael Pierce's leg. He got hurt yesterday. We'll also talk some position battles, including uh, defensive end opposite Daniil Hunter. We'll talk wide receiver three. We'll talk about the rebuilt offensive line. And uh, the Vikings fans' all-time favorite position to to watch for position battles Kicker. We'll talk to Sam Ekstrom on uh, the KDL Sports Shop coming up next. I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. One of the top remaining free agents has found a new home. The Steelers are signing former Chargers Pro Bowl defensive end Melvin Ingram to a one-year deal. Ingram struggled with injuries in 2020 but averaged nine sacks a year the previous five seasons. Another Pro Bowl defensive lineman could also be on the move. Former Bengal Geno Atkins is now recovered from a torn rotator cuff and will begin taking free agent visits. Meantime, Vikings defensive tackle Michael Pierce injured his calf and could miss the start of training camp. Giants running back Saquon Barkley said Monday his surgically repaired knee is feeling good, so will he be on the field when camp begins next week? No, I don't have an answer, to be honest. Um, so I continue to listen to my body, listen to the trainers, listen to the coaches. Just take it day by day. Is it at least safe to say, I mean, day one, you're not going to be able to go full go, right? I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see, right? This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. At Lowe's, we know your home is an expression of you. And we see you walking down these aisles of possibility, running your finger on that marble top Allen and Roth vanity, regularly $5.99, but now $3.49. And finding that perfect rattan pendant at an everyday low price of $99.98. In our showrooms of style, you'll find whatever you're into at a price you'll really get into. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. Selection varies by location. While supplies last, see associate at Lowe's.com for details. Bow through 829.21, U.S. only. How can I make sure my office never stops working? With Staples Connect, it's possible. I need to keep my back office stocked without messing up my bottom line. Also possible, because Staples Connect has your small business covered with big savings on everything you need to get work done. This week, earn 30% back in a Staples store bonus when you buy any two ink cartridges, including HP. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Limit four, in-store only. Visit staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details and 724. It's time once again for a Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. Twins may have lost game two yesterday, but they were happy to get Mitch Garver back. I mean, before the game, I was a wreck. I was I was uh, a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. My adrenaline was really high. And um, when I got on the field and, there was, and uh, you know all the fans are still in the stands, I was, uh, I was pretty excited. Um, to say that I wasn't nervous would be a lie. Once I got into baseball activities, you know, it kind of went away. A lot of the thinking is uh, is before the game and in preparation. And, you know, like Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. Uh, <laughs> kind of uh, the the anticipation to get out on the field and, and, you know, all these thoughts are running through your head about how the game's going to go and how you're going to, you know, help your pitcher out and what you need to do to be successful with the bat and, and all these emotions are going on. But um, you know, once we got in into the actual game, um, things cooled off pretty good, and and you know it was just baseball at that point. Yeah, baseball, which means the former Silver Slugger winner blasted two home runs in his return. This is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. 
This Boomer Science with the CBS Sports Minute. Tomorrow night, the Seattle Kraken get the one ingredient they've been missing, a roster stocked with NHL players. So much can happen between now and then as Seattle is busy negotiating with unrestricted free agents as well. So I don't really want to speculate on whom they might reel in. Now, the list of climber names left unprotected for the expansion draft is headed by Montreal goalie Carey Price. He played junior hockey in Washington State and his wife hails from there. As such, he could be the face of the franchise as Marc-Andre Fleury was in Vegas. But he'll be 34 next month, has injury question marks, and will devour a hefty chunk of the Kraken salary cap. Plus, I think Montreal's playing games here. Meantime, in other NHL news, the league's 2021-2022 schedule reportedly includes a break for the upcoming Winter Olympics, which is good news. The bad news? They're in Beijing. I'm Boomer Esiason. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. Ninety-nine cent hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day today. We're gearing up for Vikings training camp on the Sports Wrap today. It's just around the corner, Vikings action returns to KDLM. I got the uh, the the radio affiliate info from from Chad Abbott from KFAN yesterday. We're ready to rock and roll for the Vikings. Unfortunately, it sounds uh, like there's still some things the Vikings have to work out before training camp. We've got Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider joining us on the show today. Morning, Sam. How are you? Anytime I can be ushered into some sultry saxophone, it's a good Tuesday morning. How are you doing, Zeke? Doing fantastic. That's the reason half of our sports rat guests come back, is just for that 25 seconds of of saxophone leading into into the second half of the rap. It's 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 awesome. Let's let's jump right in. Uh, one of the guys we've been waiting to see on the field for the Vikings for the last two seasons has been Michael Pierce. Didn't play last year. Uh, opted out due to COVID concerns, and now, now some uh, some some rough news with Michael Pierce's calf. What's the latest on on Michael Pierce? Yeah, so Ian Rappaport came out with a report that Michael Pierce injured his calf with that uh, during a workout, and and on on the surface. This shouldn't trigger any alarm bells because Rappaport does say that Pierce should be ready for the season, but he miss, might miss part of camp. And that is a little bit of a concern because, number one, Michael Pierce already missed a year, yeah. and he's a 340-pound nose tackle, and it's going to take a little bit for him to get back into game shape. Number two, I think you just worry a little bit about recurring injuries because he dealt with some lower body stuff in Baltimore, some ankle issues. Now he's dealing with a calf issue. And, you know, with those big nose tackles, sometimes the the feet, the knees, the ankles, the calves have a little bit of difficulty holding up. So that's a player that you want at 100% in December. Um, You don't want him going into training camp less than 100%. So I think they're going to be really cautious with him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see much of him in the preseason. And it's unfortunate that they won't get to see more of him next to to Dalvin Tomlinson in training camp if he indeed misses time, because that's a duo that they are counting heavily on to sort of stymie the run game this year. Yeah, one of the good things with uh, with the the defensive line, one of the the worst interior defensive lines last year, but uh, doing a lot of work this year, citing Dalvin Tomlinson, also bringing Sheldon Richardson back. Who are some other guys that could potentially fill some holes that that Michael Pierce is going to leave early in the season? Yeah, it's not a very deep defensive tackle group. The Sheldon Richardson acquisition is huge in, in retrospect now because 
he's someone that can really rush the passer. He's a, like a penetrating three technique that's going to get pressures. He's not that good against the run. He sort of fills the void that they had because Tomlinson and Pierce, those are our, you know, stop gaps. Those are run stuffers, just big bodies that are going to tell the run, force it to the outside, and try to get stops on first and ten. Sheldon Richardson's the guy then that you bring in on third and nine to get the sack. So Richardson is the clear replacement if Pierce can't play, and then Tomlinson would probably move over to the nose tackle role. But beyond that, Zeke, it's kind of slim pickings. I mean, James Lynch was a fourth-round pick last year and was basically buried on the depth chart, had a pretty uninspiring OTAs and mini camps. So I don't know if James Lynch is going to contribute. Um, Jalen Twyman is a sixth-round pick, a rookie, who got caught in a random, awful shooting situation mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. He's, he's recovering from uh, bullet wounds, which is, is terrible, and we don't know about his availability. Um, and then beyond that, Armin Watts is kind of a, a, another big body, kind of a nose tackle that can uh, you know, come in for a few snaps a game. But they don't have a lot of pass rushers in that group that I would trust right now. So they need Michael Pierce to get better. They need Sheldon Richardson to, you know, play to his capability. And obviously they need Daniil Hunter on the outside to kind of pick up the slack for everybody. The top two uh, leaders in sacks for the Vikings, top three, uh, not with the team anymore. Unique Ngakwe only started five games. He had five sacks. Ifadia Denimo gone. Eric Wilson gone as well. A big question mark on the, the defensive end position across from Daniil Hunter, who didn't play at all last season. What's the latest on that defensive end battle across from Daniil? Yeah, they really are counting on Daniil's impact because without Daniil, it is a thin group. It's kind of top-heavy, kind of like I mentioned with the defensive tackles. Uh, they led a Fadio Denebo walk, who I felt was a better defensive end than Stephen Weatherly when they were on the same team two years ago. I felt like Odenabo was better than Weatherly last year when Weatherly went to Carolina. And they basically exchanged the two um, for the same salary, same length of contract. Odenabo signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal in New York. Minnesota could have had him if they wanted to. Instead, they opted for Weatherly. And because they didn't really address that position in free agency, other than that, Weatherly is in line to be your, your starting defensive end. Now, I, I don't think he is entrenched there if someone like D.J. Wanham proves that he's taken the next step. Um, Weatherly is someone that knows the system. Andre Patterson really likes him. He's kind of in that Vikings prototype, long and lanky and fast. Um, but is he that talented? I'm not sure if he's an impact player. Um, a couple of years ago when Everson Griffin was out, Daniil Hunter and Stephen Weatherly were the starters for about five games. Um, Hunter was very, very good in that stretch, which kind of proves that he can carry the load. But Stephen Weatherly was all right. He had like two sacks in a five-game stretch, and, and he's never been like a big production guy at defensive end. So I'm waiting for DJ Wanham to step up. I'm, I'm looking to see if the rookies can step up. They've got a third-round pick, Patrick Jones, the second from Pittsburgh, Janarius Robinson from Florida State. He's a fourth-round pick. Um, when you invest fairly high picks on, on the defensive line like that, you expect them to contribute. So I would hope that the Vikings could see those rookies at least in, in sub-package roles and rotating in a little bit because Weatherly is not going to be around forever. This might just be a one-year thing, and they need to figure out who the future is at that position. What about a guy like Hercules Mata'afa? Where do you think he fits in the defensive line this season? 
boy, it's hard to believe that this is year four yeah. for Hercules Mata'afa. And one of those years was an injury year. I get it. But this is probably his last chance to really, like, find his way in the NFL. And it did feel like there, were, there was a little something there last year after he got cut. Um, the Vikings had some injuries. Then Mata'afa came back in the mix and was fairly effective in the snaps he played. They've been struggling to figure out his position. You know, he started out, he was a linebacker, then he was a defensive tackle. He was too small for that. Um, so defensive end seems to be his niche. Um, put him in there in passing downs, and, and he can probably do something. I don't think he is someone you'd want 40 snaps a game, but 15, 20, yeah, he can provide a little bit of a spark. We're talking to Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider and PurpleInsider.com. Another big question mark Vikings fans have had this offseason has been the offensive line and uh, getting a couple guys I could start. Uh, First-round pick Christian Derrissaw, also Wyatt Davis. you think those two guys are protecting Kirk Cousins week one? Based on OTAs, I, I would have to say no. I, I didn't think the team was, uh, was very eager to elevate them up the depth chart. Now, it's not too late. Preseason could, could show a lot. And, and what I think we're waiting for is to see Derrissaw and Davis in a game uh, playing well. You know, it's not like the Vikings have set up pro bowlers for them to beat out. All they have to do is beat out Rashad Hill and Dakota Dozier. That's not a high bar to clear. Um, <laughs> I think if all things are equal, the Vikings go with the rookies, and they should because they've invested high picks in them. Christian Derrissaw should absolutely be starting week one, and frankly – I think he should be starting throughout training camp with, with the first team because you've got to start building chemistry between Derrissaw and Ezra Cleveland over there, the left guard. You've got to get Garrett Bradbury in sync with Wyatt Davis between the center and the right guard. So instead of kind of setting up this competition, which they held you know, throughout OTAs and minicamp, I would just commit to the rookies. I mean, you know they're the future. You 100% know they're going to be starting at some point. So why not get ahead of the game? try to get them involved, um, and get them starting week one. That's what I would do, but the, the team seems to be slow playing them along, waiting for them to really earn it. Um, will they do that in the preseason? I think that's yet to be determined. If you, I want to put a percentage on it that they're both starting week one. I would say 55%, slightly more than 50-50. Let's look at wide receiver while we're on that uh, the offensive side of the ball here. Wide receiver three, has been a question mark for the Vikings ever since uh, Jake Reed was lining up with, with Moss and Carter, it seems like. This year you got uh, another handful of guys that could compete, Chad Beebe, B.C. Johnson, K.J. Osborne, guys that we've seen in that position before. But also a couple of rookies now, uh, Amir Smith-Marset and, and Blake Prohl. Who do you think is the wide receiver three week one? Yeah, that, that's another kind of puzzler. When you look at the way the Vikings address the defense in free agency. They were so eager to spend money and bolster that group and kind of turned a blind eye to the offense. You know, they, they re-signed Chad Beebe um, to a $920,000 deal, and they draft a fifth-round wide receiver. That was the extent of their efforts to sort of solidify the wide receiver position. And let's level set for a second. The Vikings don't use a lot of third wide receiver. It's right. like 15 to 20 snaps a game. This is a, you know either a two running back or two tight end offense. They use a lot of fullback. They use a lot of 12 personnel. So it's not as critical to have a good third wide receiver as it is for, say, the Chiefs or the Rams. Uh, That being said, if Jefferson or Thielen get hurt, I don't know if you trust Chad Beebe to play 40, 50 snaps a game. Uh, B.C. Johnson lost his job last year to Justin Jefferson, and and I think the hype train might have been going a little too fast on Johnson to begin with. 
after uh, 2019. So, uh, again, you know, we talked about with the offensive line how they've kind of set up these straw men like Rashad Hill and Dakota Dozier to take down. I think BB and BC are the two to take down, and they're just waiting for someone to do it. My favorite is K.J. Osborne. Um, I watched him every single practice at, at OTAs and minicamp, and every single day I walked away saying, that guy has improved tremendously, making big catches, contested catches, getting downfield. Um, sometimes we can get a little enamored by those splashy plays in practice, so it, it doesn't mean everything. But he looked really, really good. And, he, you know, that's a guy that's on the team through 2023. So if he can give you something, I think that's someone that you want to invest in. He can also, you know, return punts if he can improve in that regard, too. He can be a versatile player for you. So my money is on K.J. Osborne. Uh, tough to say what they have with those UDFAs. They've got a handful of them. You mentioned Blake Prohl, Myron Mitchell, Wap Fillier. I just can't give you much on them yet. we got to see him in a game first. So last year, training camp looked pretty different with COVID-19 protocols and, and testing before you enter the facility and, and, and things like that. Things look very different for the media as well, yet to, to huddle in your own groups. The, the big question that the Lakes area wants to know is any indication that the press room snacks will be back at TCO this year? That that really is the number one question of the <laughs> summer, Zeke, and I appreciate you asking it and bringing light to this important issue. Um, you know, last year, training camp was a really nice respite um, for the media because we actually got to go out, and even though we were wearing masks and socially distancing, mm. we got to kind of leave our homes and watch a little bit of football for a few weeks. However there was a, a pretty significant void that we didn't have the snacks. The Vikings <laughs> PR does a great job with the snacks. Hopefully that they, they've returned this year and make, and uh, make an appearance. But, um, you know, I don't want to stake my happiness on it, so I'm not going to get my hopes up. But we'll hope to be pleasantly surprised, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll cross our fingers, that's for sure. Sam, if someone wants to find your stuff online, where can they do so? purpleinsider.com for the written work. Myself and Matthew Collar have content every weekday. Right now we're grinding through the training camp previews position by position. You can also get our podcast for free um, wherever you get your podcast. It's the Purple Insider podcast, and that is also five days a week. So it's relentless Vikings content uh, 365 days a year. Awesome. Sounds great. Sam Maxton for Purple Insider. Sam, we'll chat again soon. Go Vikings, and have a great rest of the week, man. Thanks a lot, Zeke. You too. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right. Thanks again to Sam Ekstrom for joining us on The Wrap this morning. If you missed any of that interview you want to go back and re-listen to it, you can do so momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap as well as Purple Insider. Uh, where we get your favorite podcasts from. Can't wait moment today. we got Twins Baseball coming up tonight. Bailey Ober versus Dallas Keuchel. 7-10 first pitch from Chicago. We also have Game 6 of the NBA Finals. We could have a champion tonight with a win. The Milwaukee Bucks will be the champions of the NBA. Phoenix Suns, after taking a 2-0 lead, they've lost three straight. They're looking to force Game 7 on Thursday night. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Going to take a quick CBS News break here, then start those classic hits. It's just after 10 o'clock.